Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! They're still doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that thought about rebranding itself as Extraplasm Podcast for the Easter holiday because it's somewhat hidden and always kind of special. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, aka Vink Maniac from the internet, and this week joining me on the podcast and leading the leaderboard on the battle for the first five-timers robe is Tony Taylor. How are you doing, Tony Taylor? I'm doing great. Taking measurements, my sleeve. <laughs> Let's see here. I don't know how robes run a little big, so. Hey, I, we'll I did talk to Austin recently. I said, hey, <laughs> I need to let you know that people are really starting to take this robe thing kind of seriously uh, who've been on the podcast several times. So you may need to learn how to sew. And he replied back with, I already know how. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that means he's working on it. I hope so, because um, he's going to need to. And I think we're going to start talking about, like, do they have to be like Ghostbusters themed robes? Can they be more like wrestling robes? Are we ruling out black and yellow caution stripe as, a, as an aesthetic? Like, yeah, know? we can rule that out. It's everywhere. <laughs> what if it's bl- <laughs> what if it's black and yellow sequins like that are actually like, bedazzled? The, oh, there you go. <laughs> actually, if the belt was the caution the caution stripe that would actually look decent if it was the belt <laughs> on the robe. <laughs> like you're kind of like the Ecto One A, it just <laughs> runs down your midsection. <laughs> That's it. It's an Ecto. It used to be the idea was very simple. It was a robe that for some people listening to podcasts right now, like this is your first episode. You're like, what are you even talking about? Uh, we've been joking for many episodes now that five timers of the podcast will get a robe like a jacket from SNL. Uh, so if you don't know this joke. Go find the episode where I started talking about this. I can't tell you what number it was. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, we talked about this idea that originally it was going to be like a replica robe from the movie because like Austin builds props. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, what robe even exists from the movie? And we narrowed that down to like Dana Barrett's robe that she's wearing when she comes down from the end of Ghostbusters, like the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um but now we're really starting to branch it out. Like we're getting out of screen accurate and I don't know if it's going to be okay. <laughs> it doesn't need to be screen accurate. We have fun <laughs> with it. We'll add a new thing into the universe. I think they should be like wrestling robes personally. Like there I want go. like a Ric Flair style. Yeah. Like, yeah. It should there weigh we like go. 45 pounds. Yes. <laughs> it weighs as much as a proton pack. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> you're exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. It's, the robe itself is strapped to an Alice frame. this would be amazing if it was a bathrobe that just had an alice frame sewn into it (laughs) that would be the most stupid thing ever but also amazing and i want one (laughs) but you got you got to buy it separately well folks if you haven't figured it out yet pre-drill holes and all the hardware for it but you got to get your own alice frame for the robe And you can't buy, you have to get into a long form discussion on a forum somewhere about whether or not a Rothko one is good enough, whether or not a Fox Outdoor is good enough, or whether or not you need an authentic actual LC1, and can you modify an LC2? AJ Quick did a nice little, a nice little uh, breakdown of what works and what to get and how to put it on, all that good stuff. He did great yeah. stuff for the, for he the totally HasLab. Did. 
Totally did. Um, very useful. And then I ended up buying a Rothko anyway because it was all I could find in stock. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I even thought about sending it back because I was like, oh, this is why Austin says Rothkos are so cheaply made. Now I understand. Um, and <laughs> Uh, then I didn't send it back. So it's still here. It'll be used for something. That's how things I still haven't put an Alice frame on my. Oh, I didn't say I put it on it. I just said the frame (laughs) was here. Big difference. If you wanted the honest to God truth, the frame is currently behind the pack on its stand. (laughs) It displays screwed in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I'll ever wear my Spangler pack. I think I've been it's a thinking nice about this piece. I mean, I honestly like and for like I should do this really quick for those of you who are tuning in. And you're like, wait, aren't you supposed to do like news and then you talk to some guy or person or sure. like, yeah, but Tony's going to jump in as a co-host this week because that's what we're doing. Um, and I if you recall, if you're listening last week, if you actually one of the people who downloaded that episode, then you might have remembered that I said, I don't even know if there's going to be an episode this week because I might need a break and Easter's happening and there might be nothing to talk about. So you should consider this your very special Easter present um, (laughs) of two people who decided to make a podcast anyway. I'm kidding, but uh, yeah, um, I'm excited that you're here because it's always fun to talk to you. And me too. You you have new stuff coming out. We're going to talk about for sure. Yes. So I've been thinking about this a bunch, my my Spangler pack and whether or not I'm actually going to wear it. And um, I'm not really sure because like I I've joked about this on a previous episode of the podcast that I think the only way to wear this thing is if you actually take the time to go out and modify and replace the hose, because otherwise you have this big, rigid. Yeah, it is awkward. Yeah, it's like really awkward. Um, And I feel like I'll walk into things and kill people by accident or just like get hooked on something and get dragged <laughs> away by a train. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to wear mine, but I also have two of them. And I recently asked myself why, um, <laughs> because I never needed two of them. The idea originally was like, I'll wear one and I'll have one for stock. Like you could you could mod one and keep one factory. Yeah. But where am I putting that? currently it's stashed like i the entire big box is just like stashed underneath another piece of uh, all right you're like what could you possibly stash that or like my couch no um (laughs) (laughs) it's under a pinball table um yeah i guess it would fit under that the giant crate yeah it's a big crate so it fits underneath the, the virtual pinball table that i have but um yeah i don't know if i'm gonna wear mine so I, I really do think you're right. It's a nice display piece. And what I really want to do with it is put it inside of like one of those Ikea fabric cabinets and then, you know, like just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> it does look really cool. And it's amazing that it, that it, that it even happened still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm very I think grateful I, for it. I do want to do the always on mod for it um, because yeah. I think that that's cool, you know, but I would probably just leave it on for the lights and, probably would not leave the motor on because that would just be annoying to have on all the time in my cabinet. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the lights would be cool. Yeah. Um, but for those people who are modifying them, I can say there's a lot of people who've done a lot of really cool mods to those at this point. And I don't know how much of you, you've seen, but like people have done things like create 3d models for printable parts that you can shove into that weird little snack door, um, that they put on the pack. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of that part. Like, 
route could have done uh, without it. Well, what's I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but what people are doing with it is really neat because what they're doing is like putting in a little module there that looks like wires and greeblies with LED lights. And then that's where they're mounting their switches for their always on mods and like, oh. their, like their, you know, their add on modifications. They put them inside of there. So it's like they have the dummy switch that's in the pack you can wire things to already, but then they can like mount their battery in there and like make it look like it's got glowing blinky lights that they opened up and it looks like kind of cool. So I got to say, as much as I'm not a huge fan of that stock with people doing the people doing stuff to it, it's kind of neat. Yeah, right? they're making it cool. But if I put it inside of a Fabricor, who cares? <laughs> because <laughs> i'm not gonna take it out to open it up and be like look so yeah there you go for, for some of you who are like wow that's how deep and hardcore you were about the proton pack you decided to buy it and then put no more effort into it yep i make a podcast that's where my energy goes sorry everybody <laughs> <laughs> well we have some things to talk about this week in terms of ghostbusters news uh not the website but the content and the concept um although there's nothing wrong with ghostbusters news the website either <laughs> and no, we'd like not. to source it every week. So I <laughs> guess you could say it's both. Shout so, out to Jason. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Shout out to Jason Fitzsimmons. We appreciate you. And I, I definitely appreciate you because you're a primary source for this secondary source podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, fun to get your take on everything, Jim. But they're not a ton of news to talk about. But we do have a little bit. So let's do that. Let's jump into uh, these little things that we like to call Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. All in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extraplasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at ya. Couple items we need to talk about in terms of Ghostbusters headlines this week uh, before we get into just talking with Tony about cool stuff. The uh, first thing on the list we got to talk about is that apparently uh, Jason Reitman came to uh, Gil Kinnan's window and um, they <laughs> had a, a moment together and there was a photo of it that was posted out on Instagram this week. If you haven't seen this, this is a great black and white photo of Gil Kinnan standing inside of a mock up of the Ghostbusters firehouse window from the second floor. And Jason Reitman is almost proposing to him from the from the I don't know if they were doing it's that. Very Shakespearean. Like, it is. I almost felt like it was like Rapunzel, you know, um, <laughs> that Jason took or if Gil took that hat off. Maybe a giant set of like golden locks would have fallen to the floor. And then <laughs> Jason Reitman would have climbed up them and they would have made a movie together. Um, that's <laughs> I don't. But um, I think this is interesting and fun. There's not like a ton to say about this. Just like it's a cool photo, but I did think this was kind of fun to consider and I'll see what you think about it. But um, I think this is really telling in terms of just how little footage they're going to actually need to shoot in New York. Like they're not doing a complete mock-up of the entire exterior of the firehouse, clearly because this was a window it was mounted about what four feet off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and so they didn't like build the entire front of the firehouse. They just built the second floor window about mm -hmm. four feet off the ground so they could film a shot of it um, and frame it up and get like, Hey, someone yelling out the window at somebody else. Very but, accurately built. Yeah. It was really accurately re recreated. <laughs> in yeah. fact, um, did you see, I thought this was funny. The official Ghostbusters HQ account, which is run by a member of the uh, fire department there at Hook and Ladder 8. Yeah. Um, they commented in one place. It's embarrassing that we didn't notice what this was at first. 
<laughs> I did. I did too. I was like, you go to work there every day. How can you not notice what this was? Like, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but it does. It does say a lot to me about like how what little they're going to end up filming in New York. I think because yeah. if you're now mocking up the exterior of the firehouse so that you can create probably just a handful of shots of somebody shouting out the window <laughs> like that's not i can't imagine there's like 90 percent of the movie takes place <laughs> in the window of the second floor of the firehouse <laughs> i'd be cool with that if it did though i'd watch it, it. would be a really weird movie <laughs> that's, that's a short film right it's just people shouting out the window it goes at the ghostbusters <laughs> firehouse at people on the street people throwing stuff up there and yeah um so I I don't know to be like that's what I think is interesting is how they're probably not going to do a lot of filming in New York we knew that already because they're not going to film anything interior there but it makes me wonder how much exterior actually needs to be shot on the ground in NYC you know um, well it makes me think that from the picture is that window built for an exterior shot or is that window built for, for the an interior, interior of the second floor Oh, you're smarter this is than the I window. Am. Yes. And then there's just black curtains hanging next to it. You know, you're much, you're much smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a thought. Not that that's I'm smarter than you. Smarter I'm just saying. Thought. That's, I'm, not, I'm not lying. That's, but that's way the way more intelligent it is. It's like, I don't know. It does look like they could, or they could use it as that. Maybe they're not thinking about that. And I just gave them an idea. I don't know, but. <laughs> It looks like it's that the purpose of that window is not to be seen from the way we're getting that picture no, shot. To be for, fair, for an interior, that would be a good miss, like a good misdirect, right? Like a good red herring <laughs> is that these two go take this photo where Jason Reitman's like, I'm outside the firehouse. And <laughs> meanwhile, they're really using it because they're going to shoot from inside out or from outside in. God, I feel stupid right now. Why? I'm not shouldn't be allowed to have this podcast. I should just hand it to you and be like, it's yours now. <laughs> you're way smarter I'm, than I am. I'm very busy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you are. We're going to talk about the ways in which you're busy. But, um, you know, if you had if you read a podcast, then you could release like a monthly series of action figures that goes with each episode. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, but. <laughs> that's it phantasm toys cast is coming soon everyone <laughs> um, no you're doing a fine job well thank you i appreciate that i think that this is interesting to me like i said because we'll see what they actually have to film out there and i imagine they're gonna have to do some out there work um i talked about this last week that the ecto one was spotted in valencia california and not, you know, not the one that's in the UK, but one of the rectos was out here in Valencia at the end of March. And my theory is it's going to go to New York and be used for whatever limited exterior needs to be shot there. But mm -hmm. I could totally be wrong. But I'm, you know, I'm kind of there has to be a point you would think, though, that you would see the outside of the firehouse because the movie's code name is Firehouse. Hmm. <laughs> it'd be really weird if it was a ghostbusters movie and we never actually see them enter it from the outside it just opens with them already in the firehouse <laughs> and we never see the outside ever again uh that would be bizarre so um any big um wishes here like things you hope are going on in that window 
I hope a new movie's happening. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> You're no, not like, I hope it's a scene where like somebody's screaming out the window and there's getting Mr. Softy from the ice cream truck. Like, <laughs> I just really hope that, yeah, what I said before is really stupid, but I know I really hope that they're taking full advantage of being able to build the firehouse and yeah. doing it. And I don't know. I'm kind of predicting the containment unit exploding and massive things happening at some point during the movie. I hope they- That's what I want. I hope there's it's more of they're building it for that type of reason for some sort of major activity to take place there. And yeah. For the part of the movie where the Ecto one gets destroyed. That's <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I have said that on the podcast before that I think it's time. It's time to move on from like, I, I'm OK with they keep it as a museum piece. They could have it like in the firehouse and. You're like, look, this is how Ghostbusting used to be done. And like a part of a, an, uh, a display, like a diorama, you know, sort of like, hey, this is the, the tools we used to use. But now we've moved on to new ones, but we still have the talent. Um, <laughs> if if it goes, if it's for a good reason, if it actually moves the story forward and it's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not That'd like, okay hey, it. it should just be beaten to death by vandals and robbed of its fenders like. They should, it has to have a story driven reason to blow up, but <laughs> it's like the enterprise. I keep using this analogy. You got to blow up the enterprise at some point. Every once in a while, the enterprise has to be, the enterprise has to be sacrificed for the good of the story and the good of Star Trek. And we have yet to sacrifice the Ecto one. So I think it's time, but some people are clicking unsubscribe right now. Okay, <laughs> I understand. I get it. I said it two weeks in a row. I'm going to upset people, but, um, well, that's the big window news. Like <laughs> next week we'll have some door news and the following week, maybe we'll have some basement news. <laughs> Just the biggest windows news since Bill Gates. I will say this. I'm glad that we're not seeing a lot more of this movie as it's being produced because, um, yeah, I like the way we're getting teased with little things that, Yeah. It just hey yeah we're we're doing it guys trust it's it's really happening without spoiling here's my anything. contrast point right like I don't know if you've seen all this footage of like Lady Gaga um, dressed as Harley Quinn yeah I've seen a couple pictures floating around like they're basically her entire performance that happens outdoors has been captured and shared with the entire world oh really like, it's just, it's just like everything she did out, out exterior wise was picked up by paparazzi or picked up by other people. But then also like the studio seemed to lean into like, yeah, here it is. And I believe even her account was like, that's a wrap and posted photos of her like dressing <laughs> the character. And I'm like, well, this is really odd, right? Like that. You're just showing me what this is going to look like when I like, what is the draw for me to go see this? If I didn't want to see the movie for story reason to begin with, this is that it's supposed to lure me in because I'm like, Wow, I've now seen what Lady Gaga looks like dancing up and down a set of stairs from the Internet. Like, so I, I don't get it. Like I, for, to me, Warners is just kind of letting spoilers happen and then just being like, yeah, sure. We're making a movie. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> we're in contrast, like Sony's still doing the like, no, you can't see what's behind the curtain. The wizard, regardless of whether his, he's a man or a wizard or whatever, um, <laughs> you're not allowed to see him. It's a deal. Not until later. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which I, I think I prefer. Yeah, I do, too. Um, I do, too. It's kind of why I've been like, hey, let's not do spoilers and stuff, you know, on the podcast. But um, I, to me, it's kind of neat to get these little snippets and be like, oh, this is like how they're doing the firehouse part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to learn anything about the story, which is fine with me. 
but I get to see like, oh no, you're really doing it. You're creating the pieces of this thing we need to really be where we got to be. So, um, I hope we get to see, you know, a few more teases like that. That would be, yeah, good. that'd be cool. Hope to keep yeah. it up. So, um, that's, you know, big piece of news for the week, which I don't even feel like is very news newsy. Cause it's like, what other information is there about it? Nothing. <laughs> it happened everybody um and it's exciting and the ghost their ghostbusters movie is coming and that is all very good the other piece of news that we'll talk about for a few minutes um is that a company named present toys revealed their unlicensed one six scale ghostbusters figures that are kind of like their own version of the blitzway figures and i thought this was pretty cool i was wondering how you felt about it as a person who makes toys um because i thought these were pretty neat looking but um i just wondering what uh, we'll just go there. What do you think about this? Cause I think you've seen these. I said, go for it. <laughs> the more people making Ghostbusters stuff, the better. Uh, yeah. I haven't really looked at them that much from what I did see. I've seen a couple pictures. Uh, they're not bad looking, honestly, they look pretty good. I mean, I don't have, I haven't really seen much of the Blitzway to be honest. I kind of things that are very expensive. I just ignore and act like they don't exist. So I don't want them all the time. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I might have checked out Blitzway guys. Oh, those are cool. Okay, okay, whatever. Goodbye. I'll never buy you. But um, yeah. To be fair, these are also right. in that range. These are like two hundred and ten a figure. So oh you know, really? They're, yeah, they're individually priced at two ten. They're called Ghost Hunting Squad Z. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what the Z is for, but the, the, the likeness is a little wonky, but. Oh, I'm lying. They're just called Ghost Hunting Squad. And then the V or the Z is for like who they, so it's like Ghost Hunting Squad V is for Vankman and Ghost Hunting Squad Z is for Zedmore. Right. Um, Interesting. Does it have the names on the jumpsuits? It does. Hmm. Um, (laughs) I love this Ghostbusters news right up about this that Jason wrote. He says, now you're likely asking, how can this be legal? Well, it's not. (laughs) That's my question. (laughs) Well, it's not. Many of the online retailers offering these are based in locations where seeking legal action can be more of a headache than it's worth. Mm. (laughs) All right. Well, there's a good explanation for why (laughs) you can just I don't know. I don't. It's kind of amusing to me. But um, as a person who makes toys that are inspired by something. Uh, it's an interesting thing to consider. Yeah, it's really ballsy. I'll say that. <laughs> well, you need to clearly open some plant in a in Micronesia. Or <laughs> do you, okay, so for real, this is kind of fun to think about for a second. Do you know that that's kind of the story of how the movie industry ended up making coming out the way that it did? Is that originally here's some like Professor Jim talks about stuff that's <laughs> irrelevant for a minute, but. Um, originally Edison owned like most of the patents for making movies. Really? Yeah. And Edison would kind of say like, Hey, here's what you're allowed to use that for. And this is what a movie is and et cetera. And you had to license everything from Edison in order to make a movie. And so that all existed in New York. Like that's where he was based and Edison's labs were in like New York, New Jersey. And, um, so when everybody, wanted to begin forming the new nascent motion picture industry, they moved West because in order to sue them <laughs> for using the technology, <laughs> it would have required sending people across the country by horse or by train. 
<laughs> to, to, to do all the legal paperwork or sending the stuff back and forth via, I guess, like not the Pony Express because we had the post office by then. But like the point is that a lot of the reason why the early movie industry opens up out West is because they were fleeing Edison and his control over the patents for early movie making technologies. Right? That makes a lot um, of sense. Yeah. And then they got, and then they came out here and they were like, Hey, what do you know? Like you can film desert or you can film ocean or you can film all this stuff in the same place because the California has a diverse topography and diverse geography. And so you can basically make whatever you need to here. But um, yeah, that's the fun thing to think about. <laughs> so the same thing that allows for the more, you know, you know, rogue toy makers to be like, this is ghost hunter Z. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just see how far you can run <laughs> from the law. The other toy news we had to talk about, which I really do want to hear what you have to think about this, because I think this is a fun thing to start speculating about. This is not Ghostbusters specific, but it is in that Hasbro is the major licensor. Uh, Hasbro is in the news because Hasbro is making plastic again. I mean, they were always were. They never stopped. They're making plastic on their boxes again. Um, so for folks who may not know this, Hasbro went with a green initiative recently. And by green, I mean environmentally friendly or whatever green means. And they said, we're not going to put plastic on our boxes anymore. And we're getting rid of the windows on boxes so nobody can see the product. But we'll make them out of cardboard, which is better for the environment. And the reason this matters for this podcast is because, of course, Hasbro has the license for a whole bunch of different Ghostbusters action figures and toys. What was your feeling on that? Just your feeling on getting rid of the plastic to begin with as a person who makes and collects toys? I didn't really care, honestly. I'm. I'm a both like mint in box and let them breathe type of guy. So yeah. I, I didn't really care. I just that what bothered me was the quality control issues that were popping up and the figure swapping and all the mm-hmm. people stealing things and you're not realizing it. And the, the accessories being wrapped like haphazardly and like a tissue paper and just bounce around in the box. And right. the, that stuff was, was what bothered me when I finally started getting some of the paperless packaging and it was wrapped like that. That was like, are you freaking serious? <laughs> you can just use tissue paper now. And yeah, I wasn't a fan of what was going on inside of the pla- plasticless packaging. It's kind of funny. Cause like we didn't interact with this really as ghostbusters fans because this happened after, after yeah. life. So plasma this, series packaging was pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, but we didn't really have to deal with this very much because we could, with the exception of like the think uh, the slime lab, the RC trap, a few other things that were inside of a box you couldn't see, but most yeah. of them were things you could see that were, you know, you would see if it was broken or something. Um, but this has been something that's affected, you know, Marvel legends figures. And in particular, the thing I kept reading about was dungeons and dragons, their latest line. Um, the figures were yeah. showing up like real bad quality control issues and it's stuff that if you could see it in a plastic box, you would know that um, mm-hmm. you would see that like some character's head is no longer attached uh, or their legs have broken off and shipping. And so they've decided to go back to plastic, but they're going to go to plastics that are recycled or what they're calling bioplastics. I thought they were already doing that. <laughs> I thought so too, but this is the statement that they've put out in the last week. They said, we wanted to share an update on packaging for Hasbro six inch scale figures. 
Based on your feedback, we'll be reintroducing windows and blisters to our six inch fan figures beginning later this year into 2024 for select products across our portfolio of brands, including G.I. Joe Classified, Power Rangers Lightning Collection, Star Wars Black Series and Marvel Legends. No mention of Ghostbusters there, but they don't have a current Ghostbusters line. So they never mention them. No, I mean, they they also didn't say like Indiana Jones either, (laughs) even though they're making that. So I imagine, you know, they're yeah. Uh, This will eventually expand to all new six inch figure releases. So there you go. Uh, The new windows and blisters will be made from bio PET or recycled PET, helping us achieve our priority of meeting our fans expectations for extraordinary packaging and superior design while still developing packaging that minimizes waste and the use of virgin plastic. Um, So I've been thinking about this. Like, I want to know what is bio PET? What does that mean? No. But I swear they already announced that because when they first said they were getting rid of plastic, there was the big freak out. And then they came out and made a statement, not on everything like the vintage collection and retro collection for Star Wars. And they they said a few uh, other brands that they have, they were going to keep the the plastic for the packaging and stuff. And I swear when they announced that, they said it was going to be the the more bio friendly, yeah. recyclable plastics. I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay, so here's what um, a website on the internet says, which I'm like, <laughs> that's a great credit. <laughs> According to a website on the internet. Tell me more, <clears throat> Professor Jim. Let's see. Nature.com says that <laughs> bioplastics uh, are typically plastics manufactured from bio-based polymers. Hmm. So uh, compared with fossil fuel plastics, bio-based plastics can have a lower carbon footprint and it exhibit an advantageous materials properties. Moreover, they can be compatible with existing recycling streams and offer some biodegradation as an end of life scenario if performed in controlled or predictable environments. However, these benefits can have trade-offs, including negative agricultural impacts, competition with food production, unclear end-of-life management, and higher costs. So um, <clears throat> this doesn't really mean biodegradable plastic. It means plastics that are based out of more biological sources. More plant-based. And that have a greater ability to recycle them um, if you have planned for that. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. <laughs> The other explanation that I was going to give you that came from like a market research company was that it's a biomass derived, fully recyclable, biodegradable, compostable and renewable bioplastic, which is just like I see. So it's (laughs) I can compost plastic now. Mm, Not quite. Yeah, especially because then like the material is composed of 30 percent plant derived ethanol glycol and 70 percent fossil derived terephthalic acid. I don't know what that is, but (laughs) It's fossil derived, which means it still comes from dead dinosaurs and it's acid. So it means that you can't be boiled in a vat of it alive. Turn into the Joker. (laughs) That would be weird. That's how the Joker was made. He just like fell into some bio PET. He's like, I merged with it. It was bio friendly and I became part plastic. Now I'm the Joker. We're retconning that later on. That's just going to happen. <laughs> We're going to talk to some comic book artists and writers. Um, so I, I think this is interesting. That being said, I, I'm like, I don't know that I needed this. Like, I, I personally wasn't like, ah, I don't know what I'm going to do when I can't. Like, I think honestly, like I, I've got so much crap that is in boxes that I keep. And I'm like, they go, why? 
Okay. <laughs> I, I don't, why do I have this? Like I have two. I, I'm one of those two of everything people who ends up buying like one to open and one to put away. And after afterlife, I'm like, why did I do that? Like I have so <laughs> like I have so much stuff, you know, like um, and I think there's like a benefit to being able to like open something like I think the benefit of the cardboard box was like you could open it and then you could put the stuff back in it. <laughs> or you could be crazy like me and open the thing and keep the box so now it's like double the space it was taking up because you have it yeah. out of the box and the box with it yeah but then if you put them next to each other they make a nice display yeah for vintage stuff i like to do that i've been trying to re-get all the kenner vehicles yeah and have like the package for it and the vehicle they look good with each right. other i think Cause the artwork looks great. Like, mm-hmm. so it's just like, they all snap well. So that, I will say this, like as much as I'm like, okay, it's cool that we're going to be able to have like, you know, the blister experience on action figures again. It totally recreates my problem of like, do I need one to open and one to save for its yeah, artistic no, value? Display better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, there was a part of me that really appreciated the move to the cardboard box. Cause it's like, I'm going to, I'll admit this. I opened an RC trap last week cause I was bored. I was just like, <laughs> I've, I've owned one of those for so long. It sat on the shelf and I was finally like, today's the day I'm feeling kind of bummed out. I need something to put a spring in my step. And that's why I save this for a rainy day. And I opened the box and cut the seals and took the RC trap out and made a stupid little video with it and posted it on Instagram. And then I took the batteries out and put it back in its box and put it back on the shelf. And it looks <laughs> just like it did before. Like it's just like, like a perfectly, perfectly sane human being. Yeah. With the exception of the plastic <laughs> tape that's been cut, right? Like everything from the outside looks exactly like it did before. And nothing has changed. <laughs> Everything's still fine. Right. Like, but, Mint. um, I do, I feel like that there's that plastic opening thing. I feel like there was an accountant at, at Hasbro who sat down and was like, listen, you guys don't understand what you did before we were selling two of all these. <laughs> There's an entire portion of our customer base. These adults we keep talking about. They were the people who were going to make sure we didn't just sell one of these figures, but they were going to buy two a piece. By making the decision you made, you not only increased our cost of, in, of, of input, but you also decreased the number of figures that are now being bought. You bastards. <laughs> this is what your green thing is doing to us. Get the plastic back. We need them to feel bad once they crack the seals. but that's one of the things i love about your toys is that all of your toys come in openable and closable clamshells you want it out take it out you want it in put it back in what's the difference (laughs) you'll never they'll never know no one will ever know you can that's my plan it's like selling funko pops you display them for years and then you dust them off and put them back in their boxes and you're like mint and mint box (laughs) i've never done this to be clear but um i've totally seen people do it (laughs) no we try to go about doing things like if if i bought it what would i want it to be like i'm a collector myself i'm a fan myself so i always put myself in the shoes of what if i bought this how would i want it or is it something i would even want or but i try to keep the the collector in mind with everything we do for sure yeah um, and I think that that's one of the things I love about the way that you choose to package your stuff. Like even the point that like when you first started making your figures, you had plastic clamshells that didn't stand up on their own. No. And then you were like, Hey, 
we got to get different model here so you can actually stand these up. Like, ah, oh, it's genius. I don't need to hang them anywhere. They just stand up on their own. I love it. I can make like an array of them and I can stack them on top of each other and make a wall of phantasm toys. It's great. Um, yeah. So, um, Collect them I, all. if you're a fan of plastic, this is good news for you, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fossil fuel makers of the planet are they're like, cool. We're still going to be able to spend money in this way and source things this way. So, um, I don't know what I'm talking about, but (laughs) anyway, uh, so good news here is that if you're a fan of plastic displays and display toys, you've got options because, uh, Hasbro is going to be reintroducing plastic windows Probably when we see the next line of Ghostbusters figures, we'll see them in plastic windows. And so this will have been a completely irrelevant discussion for anybody who listens to this podcast. Um, <laughs> because this is a problem <laughs> that never affected you before and won't. Plastic's but back, baby. If you've heard about this and you were worried about the next line of figures, um, you're probably safe. And if not, if you're like, hey, I really needed to spend a lot more money on figures that um, probably will come in plastic boxes regardless, then you can get $210 a piece. <laughs> to get the ghost hunter line from uh from present toys so so i think i don't, I don't know is there any other news we need to talk about because it seems like we might be just stretching out a couple pieces of news really long this week <laughs> it's a pretty quiet week well i'm here um that's not why you're here <laughs> it's, that's not true it's not like hey i had nothing to do and that meant that we need to talk to you because there's nothing going on. Because to be fair, we're going to talk to you in a minute about what I think is probably the biggest news of the week uh, from my standpoint. But to do that, we need to like do the thing where we play that music thing that says that we're no longer talking about headlines and instead we're talking <laughs> to each other about other stuff. The magic um, of podcasting. Yeah. Otherwise, we can't leave this news segment. That's how it works. Like if we don't play the musical thing then we have to keep talking about stuff we saw on the internet <laughs> and only in a way that seems like reportage and commentary as opposed to personal reflection and fun and joking. Um, that's clearly what's been Wait, going that's on. What we're supposed time. to do. Oh yeah. Then, did you not know this podcast has aware. a clear and well-defined format and voice that it's clearly found already and has not been doing that for 30 episodes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> 30 of them, everybody. Um, that's what this is. There's only 16 more until we find our voice. The magic number. <laughs> Telling you, I, I don't know if I've said it on the air. I know I've said it in, off the air to other people, but one of the ideas is that we'll get to episode 46 and I'll just end the podcast. We'll have figured <laughs> out that the best way for me to, to have a voice is just to shut up. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're going to hit All 146. Right. Did you say 146? Yeah. No, it's just that's how seasons are going to be defined. You know, every podcast has like a a season algorithm, like a season thing where it's like season one, episode 15. Like you can do that when you upload episodes. You can be like, do Mm -hmm. I use a season format or do I not? So I should just make every season of Extraplasm 46 episodes long. (laughs) (laughs) And season two will begin with episode 47, but we'll call it season two, episode one. And then from there, we'll just do 46 minutes, right? Like 46 minutes, 46 episodes. Um, Maybe that's the 46 minute episodes. I got to stop. We got to get out of this. This is what's happening. The entire podcast is breaking down because we didn't play the musical thing. This is going to be a uh, bitch to edit. 
Oh, I'm not even gonna. I'm leaving this all in for everybody. All of this is staying in. All of this part where I talked about how if you don't play the musical thing, the podcast breaks down and you can't get out of the headline <laughs> segment. It's all staying. Quick, hit the music. All right, so we survived the headline segment, even though I'm completely derailed and I warned everybody that this is how a, pod- a podcast could be. Um, if I, I said I wouldn't even know if it would come out. So there you go. Um, but I'm stoked to talk with you because you have the Terror Tub Class 10 figure that you are doing pre-orders on, Tony Taylor of Phantasm Toys. Yes, right Toys. now. Um, pre-orders are live at phantasmtoys.com. I want to talk about the Terror Tub because I think you may recall that way back when you made the first Terror Tub, the very first iteration of the Terror Tub that like was hand-painted and teeny tiny little bitty terror tub i said this is like one of my favorite things that you've ever made <laughs> it was like my most my biggest hit back back when i started kind of it's kind of what put me on the map the that and grave little toaster they were the two things that <laughs> i love grave little toaster so much that i have a t-shirt of him uh but yeah uh you've been working on the this class 10 series, like the last figure you came off of was the slime ball figure, which if those of you who've ever saw the slime ball action figure and you don't know Tony Taylor and phantasm toys and, uh, Brendan Pierce of Baducci studios are like, get with the program. Um, I don't know what else <laughs> to tell you, but <clears throat> the slime ball figure was a total success. I think I mean, you might tell me, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was very, like, very it was popular. a total disaster. It um, was very, very popular. We did, we did this, a second run on it and then it's it sold a lot and we shipped them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> All around the world. It was the furthest you sent one. Uh, Australia and Spain and, uh, I actually had somebody in Russia order one. But and I tried to ship it like an idiot, just like automatically just tried to, and you can't ship anything to Russia. So uh, I still have I talked to somebody, uh, I or talked to that guy, and he actually has another address to send it to out of the country. So yeah, so that's fun. Do you think that it's really because you're going to send it to Russia and then it's going to get knocked off by the Russians? And they're going to release. <laughs> you can't even try mold. to ship anything to Russia. Like <laughs> it doesn't even let you try to do it. And I didn't know. This is what's going to get the like the federal government beating down your door. They're like, you violated <laughs> import export laws about action figures to the Russia KGB's during the coming. war. The yeah, KGB is like, coming. No, it'll be the CIA. They'll be like, why are you fueling the KGB with slime ball figures? <laughs> <laughs> no, slime ball was a huge success. And. It was just fueled out of uh, selfishness, just personally wanting it ourselves to have an actual yeah. accurate to the first movie Slimer that nobody's even done. Or maybe they've tried, but they've come kind of close. But we we spent a lot of time making sure that it was as accurate as we could possibly do with the way we do things. The I thought it was project. amazing. Steve Johnson well, thought it was amazing. Yeah. Um, that had to be a nice compliment to have the guy who sculpted Slimer be like, this is the best Slimer figure that's ever been made. Yeah, because he's <laughs> kind of openly bashed a couple of things, I think. <laughs> you know, I, I, Steve Johnson does not pull punches with his opinions, right? He's No, he's, he doesn't. Like, I will, very quick Steve Johnson story. Like, I did not get Steve Johnson's autograph when I was at FanFest like a dope, but I should have. I um, need to jump on that. But I'm not kidding. Yeah. And if people don't know this, the containment unit, I've said yes. this in the previous episode, uh, the containment unit has an autograph opportunity with Steve Johnson right now. But uh, I 
<laughs> I got Robin Shelby's autograph, you know, because I got I was like, I'm getting performers. That was my big thing when I was there was I'm getting performer autographs at FanFest. And while I was standing in line, there was a guy who was talking to Robin Shelby, who was like, hey, can I ask you a question? She was like, what? And he's like, <laughs> I just had this really weird interaction with Steve Johnson. She was like, what? And he's like, well, he said, like, um, that I could pay him for his autograph and that for him to punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and she started laughing and like, I don't know what the story really was, but apparently like Steve Johnson just says random stuff like this to people. I don't know. Like me, I'll have him on the podcast someday and he'll be like, well, I'll punch you in the face for being on a podcast uh, and talking about this. But yeah, Steve Johnson is not really known to pull punches. He has a, a pretty strong opinion about things and he's very open about how he feels about stuff. So um, to have his, I think to have his endorsement was a huge like you know that's a, a huge compliment to take i think yeah it you know? was a very big compliment we we didn't take it lightly so we had it added a little bit of pressure honestly we put upon ourselves to make sure we did it as best we could i think you did an amazing job um and i say that not just because i have one um you know i have both sizes because i needed both um, <laughs> it's like gotta have it but i think that it, it's an amazing figure and it's really well made and it's something to me when you first put it out, I was like, oh, this is the beginning of class 10. Like this is going to be the beginning of something totally new that you all are doing that like raises the bar from the minifigures you started with. Right. Yeah. And we still want to keep doing those. Oh, yeah. And we are going to continue doing those. Yeah. But we wanted to have a separate line that was more detailed articulation, more colors multicolors, and yeah. come with accessories and different packaging and some really really fun stuff <laughs> i think that's where like when i saw the terror tub i got so excited because i was like oh this is so cool and we talked about it a bit last time you were here because you were like i'm gonna be putting it out and i think that i don't know if we said it on the air or off the air but you said something to me about how it was a functional tub that would support action figures and that you yeah. said one of the ways it could be used was to put Raphael in it to create the <laughs> Raphael bathtub scene. Um, from Teenage a, playmates, movie. a playmates Raphael will fit in this tub. Right. And you said, and I remember when you told me this, I was like, Oh, I love this. Cause it's like a prop piece for so many other things, even if you don't use it as a terror tub, but <laughs> like the, the, the level of detail on this, I love like this, this thing, because you have like the claw feet all positioned in the same direction. So it looks like the tub is going to run away. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they are articulated. You can, you can rotate them around. They move. Yeah. It's so cool. Like, and then the slime comes out of it. So you can put the figures in it. It comes with a, like a, a jar of slime gel to use with it. Like, yes, I'm, I'm really love As this all thing, toys man. should come with. I'm so stoked about it because like, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Like more toys should come with slime gel. Why not? But I mean, don't cares if mom's carpet gets destroyed. Um, <laughs> we, we spent, <laughs> yeah, we spent a lot of time, uh, tweaking it and fine tuning it and doing prototypes. And we tried, uh, we did a lot of different iterations and mold and, uh, models of the actual slime monster itself and like it actually has subtle feet it has two front little feet and actually two back legs you can see kind of like looks yeah. like a, a lion laying down there is a little tail on it too so it's since it is removable it's its own little toy itself yeah and but we went we went through a lot of different uh designs for that because well <laughs> every every little design we did it got a little 
phallic or kind of like the <laughs> muncher, the muncher trap issue. Uh, <laughs> and we were trying to avoid that as much as possible. And so, yeah, we spent a, we actually made molds and tried different, uh, different materials. We tried some stretchy silicone type stuff, some rubbery stuff and make it to have it be movable and bendable. But the bottom line is it's pretty much it's a uh, display piece. It's not really yeah. intended to be played with and stuff. And honestly, I, I made a couple different samples and stuff and it just started collecting dust already and made me upset because you couldn't get it <laughs> off because it was like kind of sticky. I'm like, if, if this thing's going to be on display, it's a dust magnet. So we went the route that was, that looked the best and was the, we could do the best job with and uh, we're real happy with the way it turned out though i think it it's great since october we've been playing with this so yeah <laughs> we spent a lot of time behind the scenes playing around with our designs and doing prototypes and test prints and i believe there in was hand and there was one version of this that you and i may have talked about where you, you posted it and i said it looks like the tub is sharding <laughs> yeah i saw that <laughs> but but no you have been working on it and that's part of like i'm no, not saying yeah. that to be like this is the one you should buy because everyone you need a sharding tub uh <laughs> I, your final product is great i love that's it a completely different toy line <laughs> oh yeah that's coming soon everyone um yep. yeah <laughs> the ibs series coming soon <laughs> <laughs> each figure comes with a bottle of hot sauce <laughs> oh this is why everybody tunes into this podcast <laughs> but <laughs> i um i think that's great i think you did a great job of kind of coming out of a final product and it's really to me like i'm loving watching the class 10 line like sort of grow like that there's been, you know, other things that I know you've teased at certain points. And I don't know what you want to talk about and where you're at on talking about other stuff that you're putting out in class 10. But like, I look at the class 10 figures and I think, you know, you sort of said this at a different point where you said putting out the class 10 figures inspired people you knew to go out and buy other Ghostbusters figures. Like people bought yeah. your Slimer <laughs> and they were like, I now need plasma series figures to go with yeah, this amazing actually, Slimer. A couple of people asked like, like, like specifically messaged us like, where do I get the Hasbro plasma series figures at? And I'm like, really? You're <laughs> asking me with your Slimer. Well, yeah, <laughs> but there, yeah. And a lot of people like would, uh, told us that they bought the, the glow in the dark slimed ones that came out after the fact, just the four yeah. guys and they each had glow in the dark proton beams and they all were slimed. Uh, quite a few people said they bought those just to display them with slime ball too. So that's awesome. You're welcome. Hasbro. Yeah, no, that's what I mean is like what you're producing at this point is like what has been left on the table to some point, I think, you know, it's just uh, we all kind of joked about this. I think coming out of Plasma series, a whole bunch of us were like, hey, this Ghostbusters, they don't have any ghosts like they just yeah. <laughs> this gozer and there's a build a terror dog. And beyond that, like, where is your ghosts that you bust? What's the trap for? Um, there's actually a lot of stuff that has been unproduced that is like a big why hasn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. I think fill, it's fill those gaps. I think it's great because that's part of what I think you're doing is like filling in these gaps that, um, you know, otherwise who knows like whether or not they, yeah, I, I just like the terror tub is something to me that I can't imagine Hasbro ever would have been like, yeah, we can sell millions of these. Like <laughs> we sure let's do a run of 1 million terror tub figures 
because there's that many Ghostbusters f- people out there. Like even the um, even the You'd plasma series stuff they had left on clearance, <laughs> you know, like but I think that by making figures like this, that they're not going to, you know, probably think of as important in terms of scale, you know, like in terms of market scale um, is really smart. And it I it means that I want to be a repeat customer over and over again because I just want them all. But um, I appreciate it. Welcome to the extra plasma shulk. Um, <laughs> well, we try to, we don't want to make stuff that's already been made or attempted or, you know, there's already been versions of, unless we can actually put our own spin on it and make it right. the best it can be like we did with slime ball. But the, the door is wide open on a lot of other creatures and certain things throughout the films that nobody's really attempted. Or if they have, there's definitely room for improvement. So. We are working on a lot of things. And like I said, we've been playing with the terror tub since, well, since I've started really since the very first one, I've always wanted to do a larger version of it and was doing different uh, iterations of it back and forth. And then we decided to do like the six inch scale type stuff, the, the class 10. So we've been playing with it since October. So, but Muncher's also been something that we've been playing with since yeah. October too, going back and forth with redesigns and doing test prints and, playing with the articulation and the scale and all that good stuff. How many hours do you think you're putting in at this point to like that level of design on these figures? Like, cause when you, like when you say you're going back over several months, like how many different iterations do you think you had of slime ball before you arrived or at the terror tub before you arrived at the final product? Slime ball was at least let's there's like seven or eight different just bodies. And probably double or triple that in different arms. And then, geez, I don't know, man. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> Dozens of different iterations on each two, along with the tub. Uh, I'd say we're on like version 20 something of the tub. Wow. <laughs> the From reason the I asked this one. Right? Like, cause I don't think that most people have a, a like, I don't, like, I, I'll admit it. Like, I don't have a concept of like, how much refining work goes into like, Hey, we made this model in blender, like, or whatever, how we're making this 3d model. Right. And now we're going to mm-hmm. print it or we're going to cast it. And nope, now we got to put it together and actually the arms don't move. Right. Or actually this doesn't kind of, it's hard to make these fingers this way. Or like, what are some of the complications that you run into? Or like, what are some of the challenges you think you have to deal with that create that much level of um, prototyping and um, you know, testing? balancing like accuracy with what is you can actually do in the real world (laughs) that actually have something be printable or have it not be super fragile or stuff like that. actually have it have some functionality without it looking too wonky hiding the, where the articulation goes. It's a, I mean, Muncher is a problem because he's got six arms and if you want them all to move, they get in each other's way. They can't be, that's too true. high or these ones too high and then they hit each other and and then getting the pins correct so that they get they're they're big enough that they snap in and then they don't fall out and they can still properly move and they're not going to break when you try and move them and then once you move them into a certain position it kind of stays there and doesn't just swing like a pendulum you know right. all loosey-goosey and so it there's a lot there's a lot that goes into playing with that because you can make it in the 3d space and make it as perfect as you possibly can but once you actually scale it and bring it to life in the real world and actually try to assemble it and put things together, it's completely different. 
And then we have the extra obstacle of it just being a two-man operation and one person is in Ohio and the other person <laughs> is in Australia. So there's a time difference, not to mention oh, the other whatever. side of the globe. Both of but... your locations and in vowels. Get over it. <laughs> it's fine. And it's just both of you have lots of like Ohio, Australia. It all works. It's fine. <laughs> like linguistically, yeah. it's consistent. Um, yeah, no, I like that makes that I that I understand. Like you have a huge time difference, like in terms yeah. of what you're doing. Um, yeah. But I think I find that fascinating because like you are I think about, you know, toy production. We don't ever get to see any of that part of it. The sort of the R&D, the testing like nobody ever sees it. It's all behind the scenes stuff. And in your case, you do occasionally go, here's what we're working on. It's like, we'd like to be careful. We'd like to be careful with what we tease. Cause there's a lot of stuff yeah. that we've, you don't want to tease something and then not be able to come, you know, come through on it, make promises you can't keep type stuff. Right. So we, we try to be careful with the stuff we tease. It's something, if we've teased it, it's probably something that we've done a couple of tests on and we're definitely we're like, yeah, it's possible, but we still got to do this, 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 or this. Right. But yeah, before we actually, before something's actually, we put it up for sale. We've, I've done, I've made multiple of them and I've tested it out and I've tried it in the package. I've done everything that I possibly can to make sure that it's okay before it's up for sale. So, and then we still have a little bit of time with doing pre-orders and I can iron out a couple little kinks here and there, but. It's yeah. been tested for a long time before you even see it. <laughs> Does this mean that there is a graveyard of like failed Tony Taylor phantasm toys? <laughs> it's like it's like Alien 3 when like they find like the, the cloning lab where all the Ripley's are. But it's all just like the <laughs> deformed phantasm toys. <laughs> not really. Honestly, they're not so much graveyards as it's like a glimpse into it's like the opposite. It's like a glimpse into the future. Like yeah. a lot of the stuff we really, really want to do. The only thing is time. So if it's nothing's actually we've never given up on anything. It's just, right. oh, we'll get to that later. So oh, no, I don't mean like the product is dead, dead and buried. <laughs> I don't mean the product is dead and buried as much as I'm saying those iterations like the. Oh, the, along I, the way. I do keep my boxes full of like <laughs> failed tubs. I have like a whole tub. Uh, I posted a picture uh, right before I came on here of uh, All right. a few prototypes, but there's a that picture. And then there's like two you know, shoebox sized boxes of different failures and iterations. <laughs> and this isn't going to work. And I only printed this to test this and tried to do this and this didn't work or yeah, that's yeah, this is not going to fly type of deals. Uh, I got, I have boxes of those. See now <laughs> what you got to do is you got to, you got to monetize that. You create the, like the Tony Taylor or fan, the phantasm toys. Um, what a paranormal prototype collector's box set. Yeah. And so like you get like a lot of people a, have been interested. <laughs> I mean, to be real, if it was like you sold like slime ball, but then you had like three previous iterations that were prototypes of slime ball that came in a box set together. And it's like, this is how it progressed from this to this, the to evolution, this. the evolution of the product. <laughs> that would be cool. It's kind of like, what are those things? I care what they call them now. Like you can buy stuff where it's like deconstructed electronics. That have been like, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's like people take a phone apart and they'll take all the pieces of the phone and lay them out onto like a, oh, um, a yeah, mat. you're talking about. And yeah. you know, it's like it's like basically the entire product deconstructed and mapped out in that way. And it would be like kind of neat to do that with like an action figure line to sort of do like um, <laughs> a deconstruct. Like I would think about the Fright Features figures. If you could do like 
a display where you took them apart and you showed all their gears and all their little pieces like in like locked into a, a resin cube or something. And then you have the oh, figure next yeah. to it with the functionality would be kind of neat. But there you go. Steal that idea. Start making <laughs> premium level class 100 collectors kits. <laughs> yes. Um, I want to buy them there for me now. Um, <laughs> okay. So my question about Teratub. Yes. I know you've done a lot of design testing. I know you did a lot of printing testing. All these things that you do. How many different iterations of slime did you go through to bulk source slime to put in little jars to give to everybody? <laughs> so, like, Dude. was there a process of R and D on slime or not? <laughs> yes, a little bit. Ordered a couple of sample packs and found one that was good, and ordered a whole bunch of it. Gotcha. End of story. <laughs> Very boring. It was the, it was like the least hardest part of the entire process. To be honest, See, we got to lucky. me that would have been like the, the hardest. I would have been sitting there with like five different jars of slime, testing their consistency, their drippability. Um, you know, I'd have to get the Ghostbusters firehouse out and dump a bunch of it through the roof and see if it makes it all the way to the floor. Um. <laughs> There's so much slime out there. Actually, if you go if you go and look, it's pretty easy to find, but. Not all slime is the same. Yeah. But uh, I read a couple reviews and uh, I found a good source that had uh, kind of what we were looking for. Uh, it wasn't necessarily the right color, so I I had to help. So it's custom colored, I'll say that. Gotcha. So, but you didn't like run down to Costco. The sausage is made. <laughs> no, no, I'm not asking for that. I'm not like, tell me about who your slime supplier is. Um, as much as I do imagine that you standing at a Costco looking to be like, do you guys sell slime in bulk? The slime is we get from the black market. It's black market slime. Well, then it's bad for you. If it's black (laughs) slime. No, it's all non-toxic. It's all safe. What you're, what you just told me. No, look, what you just told me is you took black slime and you made it into the slime that had color to it. So before I thought it was just moods. Like now it turns out it's actually black slime, which of course we know is like toxic to both body, mind and soul. <laughs> um, or that's all three things, isn't it? Um, but yeah, uh, no, I do. It's non-toxic, but don't eat it anyway. Cause nobody needs to eat slime. That's not a thing to do. <laughs> no, I it's know. a kid's brand. We fa- I found, I found, uh, I can buy bulk quantities of a kid's brand. Nice. I had, uh, mix it with another color to get the color we're looking for. And that's what it is. That's perfectly awesome. safe. Just don't eat it. <laughs> no, I just I find this fascinating because I'm like, this would never be a problem that I would be trying to solve. Right. Like that. Hey, I need to create little jars of a consistent colored slime that fits alongside my. And I'm like, I want to know more. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, when we initially were talking about it, because we want to. We feel like the slime and, and Ghostbusters type stuff, especially if you're doing stuff inspired by the Kenner line slime was a huge part of it oh yeah and we wanted to you know kind of emulate that and plus it's the it's the bathtub that fills up with slime and Ghostbusters 2 is more about slime than anything any of the other films so it had to come with slime but we want to keep doing that probably in the future see how people like it and we're saying it comes with like Venkman says in the movie a little bit of that pink slime (laughs) that they found at Dana's place yeah, so it's just I, enough to play with and have fun with and throw in the tub or throw in your figures. And I am, um, 
I, I haven't opened this, but I'm like, now I want to find out more about it because I haven't actually used it. But I bought a bag of something called New Goo from Mattel. <laughs> and New um, Goo? Yeah, hang on. I'm going to grab it. It's, it's literally <laughs> a package of slime. Elmer's makes some too. But in their case, it's like, I've been trying to figure this out because I went to the Mattel outlet store a while back. Um, and I needed to buy something while I was there. So I bought this package that says new goo slime pack. Hmm. And I believe this is like for a game or something that like, yeah, the it's like a refill like, for some game they make. I, I don't know pretty, what it is. It looks really bland, but the color of the slime is like the perfect green one. Oh yeah. And what it looks exactly like to me is slime pit slime from like masters of the universe, which of course Mattel. Oh make. yeah. So I haven't not opened this yet, but there's like a, one of my rainy days where I'm like, let's open an RC trap because I'm bored or whatever the hell <laughs> I'm going to open this package of new goose slime because it is non-toxic slime that I'm telling you looks like it's a bag. It's like a five ounce bag of slime as opposed to being in like a container. And it looks to me so much like the slime pit slime. And that, that, that to me, I know that people love extra, like ectoplasm. I almost said extraplasm, which is funny. Um, <laughs> other people love ectoplasm, like the Kenner stuff. But to me, the always superior slime was slime pit horde slime. I thought the horde slime was yeah, the, the horde slime. slime. And the slime pit was some serious shit. <laughs> it was like skulls and bones and was that the one where it's like a uh the dinosaur skulls like puking the slime out it kind yeah. of pours out of the dinosaur skull mouth yeah i know what you're yeah. talking about and that would like possess your characters and then the horde could control them with mind control and that was like the slime and he-man was way more malevolent it was way more like <laughs> there's a way to access power and money and all kinds of shit and you know, in Ghostbusters, it's just like, eh, it's malevolent, but only if it's negatively charged. If you play a Jackie Wilson, it just wants to dance for you. Um, <laughs> so. Put a warning label on it. Yeah. But <laughs> I, th that's what I'm like. I, I wonder what like this slime is like compared to what, um, you know, compared to what yours is. So now I'm like, I want to open it and find out. But, um, yeah. Anybody has any tips on new goo or what the hell it's supposed to be for? Cause it says Mattel <laughs> games and I'm like, I don't know what it's for, but J jd raymer friend of the show and i went to mattel like last year oh we jd he's awesome yeah. he's the guy that likes to try and sneak my stuff on tmz yes if you've ever watched <laughs> there we go we should talk about that for a minute if you ever watched tmz live and you ever notice that there's these little teeny tiny stay puff figures and things that sometimes show up like four rows back on a um somebody's cubicle that's probably a phantasm toys item that has been stuck on the show by <laughs> jd raymer so yeah i love shout it out to jd that. raymer Yes. Thanks, JD. Keep up the good work. Yeah, he's doing a great <laughs> job. He's doing he's doing great work uh, helping to get the word out about Phantasm toys in secret ways. So <laughs> see, this is the Easter special. That's what this is now. It's all about the hidden Easter eggs of Phantasm toys that are buried within television programs. that Nobody knew were out there. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm stoked about Terror Tub. I'm stoked about more class 10 stuff. I know you talked about Muncher. Um, so hoping to see that soon. I don't know which you have a timeline for that, but no, you know. we try not to set unnecessary deadlines on ourselves. want to make sure that, well, we don't want to release things too close to each other too. We make sure that we yeah. spend the appropriate amount of time fulfilling the first 
the first release before we move on to the next one. And but we still I still have to have time to tinker with around with the next thing upcoming and while I'm manufacturing all the tubs and doing yeah. stuff, which I've already started. I've already got a head start on making those. I just want to go to your house and like walk down in your basement. And it's just like, here's a table covered in ghosts and tubs. Just like <laughs> there's a, there's a couple dozen sitting behind me over here right now. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. It's so cool. I love We're this at, because we are, uh, for the packaging since, uh, um, it's so beautiful. We wanted to make sure oh, it was yeah. done. It was done justice. So we were having the packaging professionally manufactured, the box. That's amazing. Um, I sent on a couple of samples to people, uh, you included, Teratub oh, headed your you. way. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're having the boxes professionally made, so they'll look even nicer than anything that we've had pictured. Uh, so I, was, I wanted to do it justice since it's such a beautiful piece of art. It really if is. If I do I say, say so myself, I might be slightly biased, but <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I have to say like Brent, Brendan, this is, that's Brendan's drawing, right? That's his work. Oh yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. Brendan at Baducci studios, who of course makes the logo for the show. And we're very grateful for that. Um, like I have to say that that's probably one of the coolest things that I've seen Brendan produce for Phantasm <laughs> toys. Like I have always said this, that I love all the card art and everything that Brendan does for you know, your line, it's, it's great. Like, and the, the t-shirts and stuff that I've bought are stuff that I really love, but this one is real special. I gotta say like the recreation here of like the, um, the Kenner artwork and the sort of like way that it blends the, and makes hints to the Kenner, the old school Kenner toys and play sets. Like it's, if you haven't seen this, everybody listening, like you gotta go out to phantasmtoys.com and you, you can probably go out to like Ghostbusters news and look just at, at Jason's look review at the of it too. <laughs> the packaging is amazing. Um, cause it's, it really is. It's kind of the thing where you go, Hey, can you just sell prints of this? Cause, um, I want to like wallpaper my room with stuff like this, but yeah. <laughs> well, we were still sticking with, uh, when we first started, uh, designing it and making it into a class 10. We were still thinking along the lines of a, a plastic clamshell and how could we display it and how could the packaging be? And the more I thought about it, since everything, all the parts, since the slime is removable from the tub that, and it's going to come with accessories. And then we were talking about slime and the multiple things that were going to come with it that, that I'd said, well, we should try and just stick with a nice box. Yeah. And, and Brendan at first, it was like, no, it feels like we're just taking the lazy way out and we can try and, you know, find a, a clamshell and do this or do that. And then we start thinking the, along the lines of, well, it is technically a play set. So then yeah. Kenner had play sets and the Gooper ghosts. It was a play set because yep. it was a figure and it came with an accessory or a ghost yep. or whatever. So he definitely took took that and ran with it and it's beautiful it looks it's great <laughs> i love it i think it's fantastic it's honestly it's probably my favorite piece of like artwork that's been that you all have put out since the um like one of my other favorites is the what am i just lost by my ecto ghouler so like ecto ghouler comes oh, in like yeah. the, like yeah, comes in a fake too. high c box right that like <laughs> um, looks like a juice juice box and like mm-hmm. i've always thought that was such a cool concept that originally like that version of it is labels on a white box right mm-hmm. but like taking that one step further and print and printing those as a box is like, Oh my God, it would be a no brainer. So like to be able to do that with the terror tub, I think is so cool. And the, the way that you've kind of made a parody or like a spoof send up of the original Kenner artwork for the stuff is just really well done in a graphic design level. I really admire it. So um, <laughs> 
Well, yeah, shout out to Brendan if you're listening. You did a good job. Um, He's good, a fan. He's going to hear all this. Yeah, he'll probably <laughs> message me later and then say like, thank you for saying that. And I'll say thank Thanks, you for mate. being awesome, for making you. And then it'll be a total love fest and the podcast <laughs> will be complete. And people will go, why do you make this? And like, basically so I can talk to people I like. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a good dude. We, we, we'll, we'll start brainstorming about stuff and have the exact same idea at the exact same time. Yeah. It's happened multiple times where we were talking about packaging at one point for something and like we were texting back and forth about it and like, well, what should we do for this? And like both of us like there was a pause in the conversation, then we both came back to it. Like five minutes later, we each sent each other a picture of a quick sketch we just did of the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Well, I guess that's what we're gonna do for packaging. <laughs> Problem solved. That's so funny. But yeah, we yeah, we have like the same ambition and same ideas and same goals and stuff as far as what we're looking to try and make. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. If we could just, um, not live on two entirely different continents on (laughs) both sides of the world. If we could (laughs) figure out a way to be less than the other side of the earth apart. (laughs) It is crazy. Like I think about this a lot, the way I think about you guys that like you're two guys who, you are literally like a world apart from each other by distance mm-hmm. and you make all this cool stuff together because that's what the internet enables. You know, it's just like that ability to be producerly and creative with somebody at such a great distance. Like your, your entire experience is such a good example of that. You know, and I just love it. it's great. <laughs> I, I learned a lot from him. Yeah. Uh, I kept sending like, I'll do like a quick sketch of things and, I'll send him a picture of stuff. It's easier. It's almost faster than trying to type it out or even just say it. I can just draw it real fast and send it to him. And then I keep calling him my doodles. Like, here's a doodle of this or <laughs> here's a doodle of that. And he's like, he was like, I can't say doodle because in Australia, that's that means penis in Australia. They call them doodles. <laughs> well, I, don't you? Because uh, I keep saying, well, you don't like my doodle? Uh, how's, why are you looking at my doodle? Did you look at my doodle yet? And he's like, I, I can't, man. I, I, that's what we call penises. In Australia. It's like what you would say to your little kid. Oh, dude, that really changes the concept of cheese doodles quite a bit. Yeah, or um, Yankee doodle for that matter. <laughs> Yankee doodles. Wow. Yep. I sorry. You just caught so no. me off guard because I live so, on the West Coast and that means that we have no like no Drake's cakes. Uh and <laughs> we don't see Yankee doodles ever. <laughs> but um I might be wrong about that to be fair. I know we don't see any tasty cakes for sure. So I refer to them as my as sketches. That's funny though. I, I, <laughs> um can we talk about one other thing that you teased recently that um Seem to be a big head. <laughs> the big shoulder look is out. Yeah, we can yeah. talk about that. <laughs> you um, you posted this thing. I saw it very briefly and quickly, and it appeared to be uh, Vigo's head. Um, yes. As if Vigo's head was sort of by itself behind an altar and uh, maybe perhaps like in a painting is kind of the, the understanding of what I saw. And I went, is this Vigo's head from Ghostbusters 2? Uh, talking to everybody <laughs> is that what you're making it's it's more specifically at the end of the movie after yeah, that's he what possesses I mean. ray yeah and they say now and start blasting him and ray <laughs> falls over and just the giant demonic head is left there for just for a few seconds <laughs> and you <laughs> see it and then it gets put back into the painting just that part right there we're trying to capture yeah. that in a little playset. so i think we're, that's we're so working cool. on that a couple of prototypes have been made. <laughs> I saw it and immediately went, 
this needs to be bi level and needs to have a river of slime that runs underneath it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to come up with some fun ideas to do uh, with the canvas, with the painting for the background. Uh, We're playing with a couple of ideas so it can be different. Are you thinking about doing something like lenticular? No, not so much lenticular, but so it's it's make it so it's not a static piece. It can have options with it. Gotcha. I'll say that. No, it's fine. That reason I said lenticular is because that's the old Ma- that's the old Maddie version of it, right? It's the Maddie collector version of the painting your backdrop. Yeah, that was cool. You can like look at it from one angle and it looks like the backdrop behind Vigo and the other angle, I believe. Um he though I think he's in the painting in one and he's not in the other. And then if you flip it over around the back, it looks like the the fettuccines. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um that that I made I think that's custom so uh slime attachments for my Maddie Ray and Winston, the, the slime oh, yeah. blower guys, because everybody made proton beams. Yeah. Diamond yeah. Select made. They did a uh, pink slime blast for their guys, yep. but uh, Maddie collector never had them. So I made my own for those two figures. And in my little display, they're actually blasting the, that Vigo painting, but I just made it with, I melt, I had pink straws and I just took oh. like a big lighter and just melted some straws and got them, you know, like a little bit hot. So they were like yeah, semi-flaccid yeah. and moved them around. And I just made that's not slime blower slime with plastic straws. Don't try this at home. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> don't melt your figures, everybody. Um, just melt the figure straws. was far away. <laughs> yeah, don't melt your figures. I actually have a Venkman problem with Maddie. I don't know what the deal is, but everything I own that is Maddie Venkman at some point breaks. I don't, I don't really? understand it. Yeah, I have like two of the different six inch figures and one of them has a broken uh, pack cable that I glued back together and the other one has like something else that broke off of the pack. You're just playing with your toys too hard. No, I I, I got a 12 inch (laughs) one. Like his head is scratched because he's fallen so many times. And like, I think that uh, I got one of the first batch where the head was squeezed too tight in the packaging. (laughs) Do you remember that when they first came out? So his head was all kinked. Mine's still in the package. It kind of looks like that. I think I took him out because I I think it. <laughs> yeah, I took him out and I think I took his head out so I could like deflate him. And like <laughs> <laughs> I have the Ghostbusters one set still in box and I have the Ghostbusters two set loose. Mm. So the two sets, because I got those like they're loose because I got them from some seller on like offer up during the pandemic and they were like they looked like they had been dug out of the ground. The boxes were so filthy, but they were still they were in closed. somebody's crawl space. Yeah, they were somewhere. They were they were somewhere that was very dirty. And I got them for a good price because they looked so terrible. And I just opened the I just tore them out of the boxes because the boxes were so terrible. But, I just have the 12 inch Peter Fankman. Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> I have him like with his I have his trap around his neck. The like Ghostbusters flames, one flames clock. Yeah. Yeah, that that's I have the Ghostbusters two one set up that way, but they're all, mine are all like set up in front of their Ghostbusters one counterparts, and of course all of this is stupid because what's inside of those plastic boxes are proton packs that have batteries installed in them. Yeah, that are now like <laughs> 2013, like 10, 11 years old. They still work, but they yeah, also my, when you uh, open them the up, you find their crust goes around on mine. Yeah, the batteries. Do the slime blowers have batteries in them? Yes, they. Uh, the not the slime blowers don't do anything, but the the blowers themselves have lights on the top of them, like big yeah, the two like, like spotlights. Yeah. yeah, they light up. 
Because <laughs> they I don't make any noise or anything, know. but they do light up. Um, I don't know that I. Th- I think I didn't know that when I first got mine, and then I like cleaned them up and went. Why are there do- battery doors on the slime blower when I took the slime blowers <laughs> off of them? And I was like, oh, there's a button you can actually turn the lights on. Okay, cool. But yeah, they're still my favorite. Like. 12 inch figures, I think. And I still, I've said this many times. I love the Maddie line, but what I love so much about your figures is that they just fit with them. Like, like that slime, the slime ball fits with the Maddie line so well and yeah. looks better than the Maddie slimer they ever made. Um, yeah, we wanted our I'm, like, stuff to be able to fit in either, either line Kenner. Yeah. Or, it's going to fit into something because it makes yeah. the most sense for us to do it that way. Right. And that means like your minifigures fit with the Kenner stuff. Mm-hmm. Like your class tens are fitting well with the uh, plasma series and the Maddie line. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I also see that you had one like the RGB Peter Venkman in the bathtub the other day. Is that? Yeah. I saw? So, <laughs> yeah. The tub works with any figures, really. It does. It really does. I'm going to fill it with soup and um, no. <laughs> there's a drain hole in it. So we'll not <laughs> Is there hold really? liquid. <laughs> we actually had somebody contact us. Uh, I think I just saw it. They contacted us a while ago and I just seen it. Uh, I think it was somebody who works at a bar and they saw the tub and they said that they came up with a genius cocktail that they wanted to use and serve out of the, our bathtubs. And I have to break the news to them that there's a drain hole in the model, so it won't hold liquid. Plus, I wouldn't recommend it. Although like, I think it is safe. Plastic. Like <laughs> I think it's safe, though. I think the, I think the, I'm not going to boast it or even say yeah. that it is, but I, I don't recommend it, <laughs> but that was, that was a hilarious email. We get lots of funny ones. Did they tell you what the drink was? No, they said they just had a genius idea for a cocktail. They would love to serve out of our bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> That's so odd. It's the kind of stuff I get to hear on a daily basis. That's more exciting than the emails I get on a daily basis. Most of mine are, I submitted this to Canvas and why do I have this grade? <laughs> but um, I've, I'm really excited about like the future of where like class 10 is going. And I'm so stoked because like with all the new animated stuff that's coming out, yeah. I think it's going to like open the door for so much more, you know, co- like characters that we haven't even seen yet. And potentially like you know revitalizations of characters that we've known from the past from the animated series and things that mm-hmm. just i'm excited about so um my i am gonna say this in some just just shout this out to you of i need a boogeyman <laughs> <laughs> yes we all need a boogeyman but i need a boogeyman he's he's on he's on a on a list somewhere right here next to me <laughs> all right well that's fine but it's a very very long list i'll accept a i'll accept a vigo head first but um i just do think that's an amazing idea i'm like i no one's ever done that nobody's ever done vigo no, in any no. form other than vigo standing just vigo there. yeah yeah you know so i think getting him in multiple forms is good i think i like that <laughs> just I, I a floating that, head well, I think it's a good way to create opportunities for dioramas and things, you know, like I think um, like I've been thinking yeah. about this a lot because I was just at Ikea the other night. Um, I've been trying to figure out what cabinets to buy because I want to replace my expedite bookshelves that collect lots of dust and that are at this point, like probably 15 years old. And they do a great job of holding records and things. But for action figures, they're really great at collecting. Yeah. Dust. And so I want cabinets and 
I was looking at the Rudsta cabinets they had because they're on sale. I, is that but. the one that has like three shelves and then on the bottom there's an open shelf and there's a yes yeah there's three glass walls at the back is metal yeah i have one of those yeah it's yep. nice i went looked at them and i ultimately decided that i don't know that i want them because there's so much open space in them there's mm-hmm. like an air gap around every glass panel for some reason as opposed to the glass panels running all the way to the top of the cabinet but what i thought was interesting about them is that they are made of metal that's magnetic and so yeah one of the things that they openly advertise about them is that you can stick all kinds of crap to the back of them. So if you want to like put, <laughs> uh, you know, like a backdrop of mm-hmm. like the firehouse, or if you wanted to put like a backdrop of the river of slime or whatever it was behind your figures, you could do that. Like you just use magnets and then stick that stuff up there. And that got me thinking, I was like, we need more stuff that like works as like backdrop props. Like one of the greatest things in the Maddie line is the containment unit. Like 90% of the reason anybody yes. buys a Walter Peck figure is because they need the containment unit, not because they need Peck Walter is Peck. the accessory in that. <laughs> right. He's the accessory <laughs> for the containment unit figure. Um, and so like, I think that a Vigo in that fashion is so cool because it's gives you the ability to, to create a scene as opposed to just like pose some mm-hmm. figures and have them standing there. And so I'm excited about that as, as much as I've only seen one little glimpse of it. The minute I saw it, I was like, Oh, <gasps> <laughs> I got to get one. If it spews slime out of its head, I'll be really excited. Um, I'm saying <laughs> slime pit, greatest slime toy ever. Um, yeah. No, um, we wish we were a part of the official, like the round table, whoever's like in the dis- toy discussions at ghost corpse or Hasbro or whoever's, yeah. whoever's in charge of it. I'd, me and me and Baducci, Brendan, we would love to sit in on the, those conversations there needs to be like a panel like a like do you watch star trek at all not as much as i probably should there's like (laughs) in every crisis that happens in star trek like they end up in like you know picard's ready room they're like in this little room around a conference table basically Mm -hmm. having a conference like it's like being in the conference room in the office i guess in some ways but just like it's they go to the conference room with next gen so i'm I'm yeah that's what i mean like it's that's like picard in the ready room right it's Mm -hmm. like you got to sit around and have the power around the table and figure out how you're going to solve this problem and I feel like Ghost Core needs like a powwow table for toys. And they're just like, all right, we're going to bring <laughs> well, in a focus group of some kids, a focus group of some kidults. Like, <laughs> it makers. seems like from seeing the stuff from behind the scenes for Afterlife, like they were looking for the people while they're making the film, like people yeah. who were huge fans or had a bloodline with the movies or who worked on them previously, you were had to at least be like a super fan to be involved with the movie. Now, why don't you do the same thing with the toys and get some super fans? That's right. (laughs) You know, just saying, Eric, here's what I would spend my money on. This is exactly (laughs) what I would spend my money on. If you made it, I, and we would start, with a 112 Ecto-1. That's the first <laughs> thing we're going to make, everybody. Now you can take all the other ideas you want. You can put them on a pad. But this is what we're doing first. That's like I. That's why I can't be in that room. If I was in that room, <laughs> I would be like, I'd be that juror who's the holdout. Who's just like going to convince all the other jurors that they're wrong on a jury. Mm. Right? And they'd be like, we need uh, more interactive role-playing toys for kids. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Franchise is not for kids until it's a 112 Ecto 1. <laughs> kids can use the 112 Ecto 1 too, everybody. Just want to make sure everybody knows. Everything's coming with slime. 
but we, this, this, but this is a book. It comes with slime. slime. Figure it out. Yes, I don't care. Make the pages slime proof so they don't get damaged. It's coming with slime, but only after but these are just Vecto one. But these are just branded socks with the logo on it. There's slime. It comes with slime. Figure it out. That is the product that destroys mom's carpet. <laughs> the socks that come with slime as you walk they just ooze <laughs> um one i want to ask you a question that has nothing to do with like um with what you're making i just want to ask you a question about what you, what you think is like the ideal if you're a, you were a kid what is like the ideal playset to you like as a kid what do you think was like the pinnacle top end and all like one that was actually playset? made yeah, like one that you could say from your childhood that you were like, this is like, for me, this was like end of the line. Like, there's nothing better than this. Not even, not even because it's Ghostbuster related is the firehouse. Yeah. Because I, that was HQ for all of my toys when I was a kid. That was everything. I had Ninja Turtle stuff, G.I. Joe stuff. It was everything started at the firehouse. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best playset that there ever was. It was very, so whether it was Batman or whether it's Commissioner Gordon, they were at the Ghostbusters firehouse. Didn't matter. Everything yeah. started at the firehouse. <laughs> I was whether it was on the rooftop or at the side with the cracked bricks. It was a completely was, different building when you turned it 45 degrees. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> You're like, now it's an alleyway where crap yeah, is being sold and RoboCop <laughs> is stopping the people who are selling nuke. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> but you no, know, I um I thought of this recently because um, I think, you know, I had a, I had an Eternia, right? Like I had a Masters of the University Eternia playset and I sold it and I got rid of it during like, like right as we were coming out of the pandemic. Oh, did I you? Like, I didn't know. Yeah, I, I, I thought I, I thought you knew that. Maybe you didn't. Um, no, I had an Eternia. I had it for I was mine from when I was a kid and I've had it like the entire time and I've moved it across country and all kinds of stuff. And then I sold it. I finally got to the point where I was like, I brought it out here from New York to California and it sat in the closet and took up tons of space, uh, even non-assembled. Yeah, that's Every- the problem with with like giant yeah. play sets and stuff. It's the size. Right. And, get, and so it takes up so much footage, especially as for a collector and trying to display things. It's Yeah. Uh, it's like if that thing is ridiculous, you need a room for it. Like it's just like <laughs> it's, if you have cats, you're doomed. Don't put it on the mm-hmm. floor because it's done. Um, but like everything was in it except the monorail tracks. The monorail track were there, but they were all destroyed because the monorail track for the original Eternia playset, if you breathe on it in 2023, it just fragments because it's just right <laughs> here. Um, but someone asked me recently, are you going to get, you know, as a, as an adult collector, are you going to get the new Eternia? Mm-hmm. And my response to that was good God, fuck no. <laughs> and they were like why and i was like because it's an amazing playset and it's totally interactive if you're a kid as an adult it's a giant like f- like footprint stealing dust collecting nightmare like to, to own i owned one and sold it <laughs> like a real one and i was just <laughs> like i don't want this anymore because it's a nightmare to me and i think what's cool about the ghostbusters firehouse and i come back to this repeatedly of why it was such a great playset is that like not only was it a cool interactive playset but it was also one that like your parents didn't have to hate because like it, it's why so many of them still exist and like s- survived into people's garages and basements because mm-hmm. it could. It was like, here is one <laughs> rectangular box that contains everything that your play f- like is needs. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
in comparison to that, like even Castle Grayskull is, oh, here's two pieces that need to be attached to each other that fold open. Yeah, there's no hinges. hinges, Well, there was the front door hinges, but it wasn't like, you know, a giant wall had to open up to reveal the entire play set. Everything was just one big. Here you go. Here's a firehouse. And like once it's together, like it doesn't generally the only pieces you lose from it once it's together, are the doors, the sign, sign. like the containment unit, maybe like if you don't keep that in the box, but like you generally don't lose the floors. (laughs) You don't don't lose like the railings, maybe maybe somehow if you broke your fire pole, like you lose them. But I just think about like I looked at Snake Mountain when I was at my parents' house in January. Like I hadn't been home in five years and the remnants of my Ghostbusters or my, my Master of the Universe collection were in mom's basement. So it was like most of what we had as kids, my brother and I, we sold it. We got rid of it between like probably 2019 and 2021. We just like liquidated that and we made <laughs> a good amount of money like selling complete figures and stuff, even though they were beat up because they were complete. They had mm-hmm. all their fig- all their stuff. but. I looked at Snake Mountain and I was just like, oh, my God, like the bridges that are all attached to it, like all these little stupid pieces, the plastic they're made of is all like cracked and broken and all this stuff. And then I looked at the Ghostbusters firehouse I have and I'm like, this thing is rock solid. (laughs) I used to I think I used to stand on top of mine. When I was a kid, (laughs) you probably could as a kid, right? Like it was it's we probably distribute your weight because if you sit on the corners of it, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't stand in the middle of it, probably, but I never had a brand new one when I was a kid. Mine was secondhand. Yeah. And I don't think I I think the only thing it was really missing was the containment unit and the pole. It didn't have the pole. So my dad made like just took a wooden dowel rod cut it to size slapped it in there and that was my I never got to really experience as a kid the the blue and the red spinning, spinning. yeah until yeah. i just finally bought myself a complete like brand new mint firehouse just like a year ago maybe maybe a little over a this year is ago. what i don't get right like this is why I'm, I'm like i don't get this and i'll admit it i don't know why hasbro hasn't just been like let's do a haslab of the Ghostbusters firehouse. Let's just I don't think recreate it would have to be. the damn thing. I right? think like, it's it's pretty simple. I think I think they could probably pull it off. I don't think yeah. it would need to be a Haslab. I think it would be popular enough to just be sold in, in store at retail. Well, I think I think you're right that you probably could sell it in stores and get enough people to buy it for their kids the same way that they sold Ecto once. Mm-hmm. But like if you wanted to be careful about it, if you didn't want to like take on Hey, we're gonna produce all of this. Let's think about it. Like the box itself, the size of yeah, the firehouse at retail yeah. was pretty big. And the big battle, of course, for all toy companies at this point is like, how do they maintain enough floor space in retail? Given that everybody wants to shrink how much space is they're being given in retail, and that's like Hasbro went through that with losing um, shelf space at Target. Like that's part of why, like you watched tons of Hasbro stuff get liquidated at Target in the last year was because. Target was like, hey, all your Marvel Legends figures take up too many pegs. This is <laughs> you have too much of our toy department. So, your Eternals are still hanging here. You know, literally, right? Like you've sold us all this shit. It's just sitting here. Strangely so enough, many. they don't do that with the electronics section and go, hey, we have all this unmovable Funko stuff that we're going to give back to Funko so they can throw it away. Uh, but <laughs> like, I, I find this to be a fascinating thing. Like they they don't dedicate floor space to major play sets anymore. Right? Like. It, with the exception of maybe like Fisher Price stuff, 
you don't see even like a bat cave that's like gonna take up an entire shelf. Yeah, playsets are kind of the you know? thing of the past. Yeah, and so to me, like if you have to produce them, if you're going to produce them, the way you do that is do it through a crowdsource model and like put it out there through HasLab and say, look, you can get the firehouse you've been chasing that you want that was gonna cost you three hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars complete inbox whatever but we're gonna sell it to you for 150 like and <laughs> you're gonna get all the pieces and you're gonna all mm-hmm. stickers and yeah it's all repro but who cares like because <laughs> there's so much repro at this point anyway in the entire line that most of us went out and bought those kenner re-releases because we wanted brand new shiny looking figures anyway. yeah so i just don't get it i'm like why not do a firehouse release. Like even if you didn't continue the line of the original real Ghostbusters stuff, you have the license. Mm-hmm. Just make the stupid thing. If you're willing to make like, <laughs> if you're willing to re-release any of the vintage collection, star Wars shit, like do this, you know? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but you are crazy. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> as much that. as I'd love to see that, I would like to see them release new stuff stuff we haven't I want to seen. see both I want yeah both. yeah they they definitely could do both i want both like yes, I, both. I, I already have a fire i choose but I both as both. well yeah but i want new <laughs> i want new stuff all right so what's maybe this is a good place for us to sort of button up on um what's the th- i know you are going to make whatever you want for yourself that hasbro fails on because you're you but <laughs> what's something that you really want to see them make while they have the license that they haven't already Hmm. That's a good question. There's so much that they haven't done, but I don't want them to make certain things because I want to make them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go with stuff you're not gonna then, right? Because like, 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 let's be real. You're probably not gonna make an RC electronic trap. No, I would like, definitely. It, while they have the license, I think they could definitely pull off some more. Uh, prop replica type stuff like the pack and the wand. I'd like to see him do all that because for the, I mean, yeah, it's not the most 100% accurate thing, but it's got a lot of functionality. Uh, they're, they're definitely fun. They display well. I think they, I would love to see him do all the equipment. And if there's anything new introduced, I'd like to see him continue on and keep making stuff. I think they got the biggest hurdle out of the way with the actual pack. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see him, Try out, try their hand at a PKE meter and the Geiga meter and the trap and an RC trap and and so on and goggles and just keep keep going with it. I'd like to see the functionality of it is great. I've been thinking about this a bunch that I've like for a while. I was like, I want an RC trap. And the more I think about it, I'm like, I actually don't think I want that as much as what I want is a good set of replica goggles. (laughs) Yeah, because like nobody's really done that yet. Yeah, like yeah, Mattel's. I have the Maddie ones, and I love them because they're Maddies. But like, they kind of suck. Um, they're not particularly accurate, and they have this, you know, this goofy like, you turn the knob and you see a ghost in the mm-hmm. goggles thing that goes on. Um, I would love to see Hasbro like work out some deal with like Instax or somebody who makes like the instant printing photos of today, like because Polaroid is obviously oh. dead. But like, I want to see whoever like makes those cameras that they sell at like five below. <laughs> like, <laughs> print out little stickers of your friends. Like, integrate that into a toy, right? Like, um, give me some way or a thermal printer that somehow like prints out photos or something. I don't know. But like, yeah. 
That would be cool. I think it would that be kind of really neat cool. if they made a way to do like the the ecto goggles that produce pictures, you know, take photos <laughs> and stuff. Don't the real ones that the the actual ones that they used in the movie that prints the photo out, like the all the camera mechanism takes you can't even see out of it because it's like where your actual eyes would be is where all the yeah. camera mechanism is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure so they're not even functional at all. No, yes, I don't think they are. Make those. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they are. Seriously. That's why like the, the only way you'd be able to, what's kind of funny to think about it, is the only way you'd probably be able to make them is you'd have to mock up like all the old Polaroid crap. Right. And then you'd have to put a digital camera with a small hidden sensor like that. It wasn't obvious, like somewhere in the middle of the goggles. Right. So because you couldn't actually because you're absolutely right. Like the existing prop has all the camera guts like in the viewports of like where you would see anything. <laughs> exactly. So when podcast is like wearing them, you can't it's like Jordy LaForge in Star Trek. You can't see <laughs> shit like. Um, yeah. So it's kind of funny. Um, I I think that would be really I, I don't know. I think it'd be cool to see ecto goggles. I want to see more props. I think you're right. Like I just. That's the thing where I'm like, hey, while you have the license, you did really well with the Proton Pack. You did really mm-hmm. good with the Spangler one. Like everybody's mm-hmm. most people came out of that thing feeling pretty happy about it and pretty satisfied. The limitations on it, people were pissed off about it. We're like, oh, it turns off after 18 yeah, seconds. There's, and there's stuff you know, to complain about. No there's always something to complain but, about. Yeah. But I thought that was really well done. They made a good, like accurate representation of or fairly accurate representation of what was in the movie. Mm-hmm. And everybody who got one was pretty thrilled about it. So I would love to see them do more of that. Um, but maybe we'll see what happens with the next movie. Maybe we'll get some new prop from the new movie. Um, yeah, I hope haven't seen yet. Some new ghost busting device that we don't know exists. <laughs> Hopefully is not a giant suit that you have to wear. And, but um, yeah, <laughs> with giant clamps or something. I don't know. <clears throat> Makes you feel and like it's an something that's order. out of, something that's like easily available and not something that they only made 10 of in a certain series. And it's <laughs> no, that's how all Ghostbusters things are. <laughs> my little pony USB sticks that you can never find ever. Don't, don't get me started. <laughs> I would, I, if no one else saw this uh, on in the extra plaza Instagram over the last week, I found another derpy stick. It just annoys me every time I find the wrong My Little Pony um, USB stick and I find the derpy one as opposed to the Rainbow Dash one. (laughs) It really bothers me. And in this case, the derpy one was two hundred and forty nine dollars, which is like, no, I can't. I I can't. I can't. No. So there you go. If Hasbro is going to produce something, that's what I want. (laughs) Hasbro, get it together and figure out how you can get the license for the My Little Pony stick because you already own my little pony it's already your product you already had to license this to mimoco for them to make the damn thing which means that somewhere in your archives there's blueprints for how to make this do it um i insist but <laughs> there you go that's what i want more than anything that's that's so stupid to say but like i really do i really do <laughs> and that's what i'm gonna do put 46 episodes on it and the podcast it's over and then season two starts well anything else that we should talk about that you want to plug anything else to throw out there news wise commentary wise thoughts on your mind anything um stay tuned to phantasm toys we have lots of stuff planned we're just getting started each each release helps fund the next one and helps keep the ball rolling 
And we want to keep trying to make each one a little bit better and more creative and more fun. And just want to keep doing what we're doing. Okay. And everybody should go pre-order <laughs> Terror Tub. <laughs> Terror now. Tub at phantasmtoys.com. Pre-order. Now, spend your money. Give your money to Phantasm <laughs> Toys. This is what we say on this podcast. Um, I'm definitely excited about what you have coming down the line. And um, I'm always excited to talk to you about stuff, uh, even if it's just bullshitting about toys. <laughs> and uh, on a low, on a week, uh, what was I going to call this? A, a low news week? It was not the right word I'm looking for, but a light news week? <laughs> it was light. Whatever. It was on the light side. But, you know, I'm excited for what's coming ahead. And uh, I'm always excited to talk to you. And it's official. You are currently in the leads now. For, yes. For your road. <laughs> so um, other contenders now have to come and uh, try to show up and beat you there. But with episode 30, honor. you've done it. You know, so not only that you can be like, I was not only a contender who's in the lead running, but I was also on the third of um, a series of 10 episodes. If there's, if that's important, it's a milestone episode. So it was 30 <laughs> episodes, it's not episode 29. It's not episode 31. It's episode I'm putting 30. this on my resume. <laughs> Do you know? He was three time that? extra plasm <laughs> guest. Friend of the podcast, uh, a friend of the podcast, Stephen Shea, um, put extra plasm on IMDb. Yeah, you sent me that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so weird. Occasionally, somebody will send it to me and be like, "Did you know your podcast is an IMDb?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Did you put it there?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> but it's cool. That it's there. It's kind of funny. Um, but what I should do is I should go like take it, appropriate it, and just add in all kinds of fake guests, like Dan Aykroyd, just like putting all these people who've been an extra plasma. Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Yeah, Aretha Franklin. Sigourney Weaver. Because why not? <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> Bruce Willis. <laughs> Just John naming Belushi. Random. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Shaka Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Moranis. Well, uh, and then, of course, Tony Taylor. That'll be like yes. right in there. And that was how we're going to get you in with all these contemporaries. So that way you can get your seat at the Ghost Core to toy table. <laughs> <laughs> we're My, just gonna say you know everybody already it's fine <laughs> have the have uh hey eric have your toy people call my toy people <laughs> <laughs> i want toy people not, are we all getting toy people we, we have no toy people it's literally me i make everything by hand we we make everything's in house except for <laughs> this is the first time we've actually had something made we're having the boxes made professionally. Wait, the first you mean you time don't actually have a team of aspect. You don't have a team of entertainment, entertainment and toy lawyers. No, I almost said entertainment, which is <laughs> I have a guy who does my taxes. That's about it. <laughs> who does your taxes? <laughs> I think that's what you should say. People ask what you do for a living now. And you're like, well, we're the first entertainment company. Um, <laughs> you're like, what? You're like, you're a sports entertainment. It's kind of like that, except it's entertainment and toys. <laughs> then you grow a really weird mustache and sell your company to Endeavor. Um, oh man! He, he That's did a completely look, different podcast. He looked like he was trying to steal the jetpack from the Rocketeer. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, you got to go look at contemporary photographs of Vince McMahon 
who has recently <laughs> sold. Hold on, let me do my Jim Cornette. Vince McMahon has grown a mustache and he looks like fucking Gomez Adams. I don't know but um, yeah I'm excited to have talked to you thank you for coming on the show I always enjoy talking with you Um, and you're a fun person I always love coming on Extra Plasma I'm just honestly a really big fan and listen to all the episodes and the Beyond one is super fun and I'll definitely come back for a fourth time and a fifth time and get my robe and then Then come back for a sixth then you're done (laughs) and you're like Unless there's a, unless we get to 10 and I get some new perk. Um, <laughs> done then with I have to shit. prestige and I lose all my, <laughs> all my rankings. We take your robe away. You take it's it away prestige. and I have to re-earn it. <laughs> you have to re-earn it. Ah, uh, yes. Or you can prestige. <laughs> the joy of playing online <laughs> games. Did you I've, get good at this? Did you finish it? Cool. Finish it again. Do get it a again. Badge. But this time you have a sparkly badge. <laughs> oh some people out there right now who play ghostbusters spirits unleashed you're like why are you being mean and i'm like it's, it's not just them they're just doing thing. what every other video game does <laughs> it's true all right <laughs> it's true but they all do it at this point they they're like hey it. we don't why would you create why would you create new content when you could just have them no, work just through do the it same again. content twice story plus mode everybody maybe someday the extra plasm podcast will have a story plus mode We'll just like get to episode 46. <laughs> the podcast ends. It starts over again with all the same guests in the same order. Just Stephen Shea is episode one, season two. <laughs> it's just the same podcast. Just you have to survive it again. <laughs> oh, all right. That's been a fun conversation. I appreciate you so much. Yes. And, thanks um, for having me on, man. Yeah, I thank you for coming. And everybody, make sure you go out and support Phantasma Toys and Tony Taylor and our friend Brendan uh, from Baduji Studios. And um, oh, yeah, that's the end of the podcast because you're co-hosting. So this is the part where I have to actually wrap it up. I forgot. <laughs> and that's going to do it, uh, everybody, pretty much for Exoplasm this week. Uh, if you like the podcast, if you want to spread the word about it, you can, of course, leave us a positive review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever we're calling that now or Spotify. Those really do make a big difference in helping Five people stars. Like, find other stuff uh, that are, you know, they like and that you like. So if you want to spread the word about it, that's the way to do it. If you have anything you want to share with the podcast, if you have something you want to contribute, you can, of course, reach me at Extraplasm on Instagram and Twitter or extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. Our logo is provided by Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios, who you you've heard a bunch about on this episode because he's rad and you <laughs> our theme music is um appropriated from <laughs> vaporwave artist magnavox i've been jim Maritato, your host aka vink maniac on the internet our guest has been tony taylor you've been an amazing audience and as ernie hudson says every week try to have fun and always keep on busting take care <laughs>